Hey y'all, and welcome to The Hill Podcast. We're so glad that you could join us today. We pray that this podcast will encourage you, will deepen your faith, and will inspire you to make Jesus famous. Let's dive into the message. Amen and amen. Hey, before you're seated this morning, well, some of you are already seated. My goodness. Before you're seated this morning, you need to... um, Harshly nudge the person next to you and say, you doing all right? I said harshly. (laughs) Wake him up. I don't need any sleepers this morning. I'm so glad that you're here this morning. Welcome to the hill, everybody. Oh, I thought somebody, I thought some hill people would be excited about being at the hill this morning on a Sunday morning. That's a little bit better. I need, I need some help this morning, so I've got I've to I've prime the pump here and get you excited before we ever even get going. Hey, this morning, we get the opportunity to speak and hear from Jesus. I thought somebody would love the opportunity to hear from the guy who, who died on a cross for them so many years ago so that we can have freedom and live this morning and praise him and have breakthrough in our life where we need it. I get pumped about about serving and worshiping and speaking about my God because he's alive and he's well and he cares about me. He cares about you and he knows where you are before you even know where you are. He knows the situation at hand even though sometimes it feels like you're all alone. He knows where you are and he knows where he wants to take you. And he's a good, good father. Hey, this morning we're going to be reading out of Mark chapter 5, and we're going to read, uh, we're going to read a few scriptures, um, so just uh, bear with me, and I think they've got it on the screen, I'm going to read it out of my Bible because I think I can uh, be a little bit more effective at it. And when Jesus crossed, uh, had crossed again in the, in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him. And he was beside the sea. Then one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and uh, seeing him, had fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with them. I like the fact that we can come and petition to God and implore him to do things on our behalf, and he goes with us. Yes. He doesn't just have a good Sunday service, but we can, we can ask him to live and reside and go with us, and he does so. And a great crowd followed him and throned around him, and, and there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and had suffered much under many physicians and spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus. It's always good when, when the crowd around you is heard about this man named Jesus and has that, that breath, that beating heart that says, oh wow, I, Jesus is in the house. I, I know what can happen when I believe that Jesus can change things and can disrupt the, the narrative of your normal. And so she, 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 had heard, she had heard about this man, Jesus, and come up behind him in a crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garment, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed from her disease. 
healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in him himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You're crazy, Jesus. Yet you see this crowd pressing around you and you and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it, but, but the woman, knowing, all, knowing what had happened uh, to her, came in fear, trembling, fell before him and, and told him the whole truth. She opened her book to him. She, she didn't hide anything. She didn't put on a fake facade, but she told him everything. And he, and he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and, and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, you remember that guy named Jairus who, who had a daughter that was next to death and now we've spent all this time healing this other lady. Now, now he's still hanging out like he's still trying to, come on Jesus, you, you, you remember that, that we're on our way to, to heal my daughter. While he was still speaking there, uh, there came... A ruler from the house, from his house. So, so this, 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 this leader, uh, someone came from his house and said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher anymore? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one in, in uh, no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw the, uh, a, a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and, and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, but he put, but he put them all outside and took, took the child's father and mother and those who uh, were with him, went in where the child was, taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha Kumai, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. You know, I, uh, I have this crazy story. We're going to get back to scripture here in a minute. Just let me be a storyteller for a second. So we... We took, this one time we took, um, I'm a prerequisite this, this statement or this story with the fact that I don't have the largest bladder on the world and some, some that travel with me would arguably say it's not large, it's in fact quite small. And so um, I, I, I tend to annoy people by stopping and uh, seeing the scenery, you know, like why are we in such a rush? Why don't we check out what the gas station has to offer every now and then? And so, uh, so we, took, we took like, I don't remember, 27, I think, uh, youth kids on a missions trip to, to White River, Arizona. Now, the, the benefits of, of going on missions trips uh, is sometimes you get to see sites and, and, and stuff that, that are in close proximity. And so uh, within just a, a short few hours or, or really close distance, I don't remember, from where we stayed was the Grand Canyon. And uh, I've always wanted to see the Grand Canyon. Uh, we ministered for, uh, I can't remember, like five days doing VBS for m multiple hours throughout the day with hundreds of uh, um, Indian kids that had come from the reservation that we were staying on and learned about Jesus and all kinds of stuff. So I thought what we might deserve to go see the Grand Canyon. And so we loaded up and uh, we trekked to the Grand Canyon, which I, I can't remember. It was on our way home. We just took a, a longer way home to go check it out. I think it was only like three and a half, 
three and a half hours away or so. Um, so normally, in my mind, knowing the size of my uh, knowing the size of my bladder and how much it, it affects me, I, I try to plan like for when I travel. Like, I don't drink a Red Bull before I go on like a six-hour ride. That's not good for anybody. And so. Um, we started on the journey, and, and I don't know if you've, if you've ever been to the Grand Canyon, you understand this, um, but when you get inside, like when you, when you start into the, the, the land that is considered um, the Grand Canyon there, there is not much around you, like forever is what it seems like. And so we started in, and like I actually, I kind of had to but it wasn't that bad, you know, and I'm thinking, well, there's probably like this big welcome center and, and I'll play it off and we'll get out and let all the kids go around the welcome center when in reality it was just selfish and I needed to use the restroom. But to my surprise, there was not. Uh, and like you enter into the Grand Canyon and for miles, y'all, miles and miles and miles and miles, I'm like, is there, ever, is there anything in here or do we just get out and try not to fall off the edge of a cliff? Like, and so... It's, it's getting to like eyeball level now, like almost like panic attack type of, of level now. And so I'm trying to like hold it cool because I've got uh, multiple vans and multiple kids in the back. But at one point, I promise you not, I told Ashley she was the one sitting next to me and she thinks it's really funny. I don't think it's funny. And so I leaned over to her and I said, I said, hey, you just distract the kids and show them like a bald eagle in the front. I'm going to go behind the van and fix the problem because like it was that emergency state, okay? And so I, I, uh, she talked me out of that wisely and that's why you have, that's why you, you marry a good wife that tells you when you're being an idiot. And so, um, I, so finally I'm like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And I just kept driving and driving and driving. And I finally made it into this spot where there was a little welcome center. We got out and uh, I made it and I survived and I'm here today. But it was so crazy and so, I, but I didn't let anybody know, right? Like except for my wife, Ashley, she, she, uh, she, she gets the brunt of, of all the things that bother me. But anybody else, I was good, like we're good. I, they don't need to know, I, I, everything's good, there's no problems, like I'm all good. I, I don't, there's not a necessity for an emergency, there's nothing, there's nothing that you should be alarmed about, there's nothing that you should help me with, like we're solid, we're good. And then, so, so it, it put me into this place to where I'm like, I didn't share what was going on inside my life. I, I could have made the conscious decision to stop before and actually not been in such pain, but I, I, I kept it in and I'm like, no, we're good. I'm good. Thanks for your concern, but I'm good. And so in the end result, it was terrible. That was a bad decision. I should have reached out and let somebody know that it would have been way easier to just go to the bathroom and be done with it, right? But, it, but it's our culture that says, I'm not supposed to share with you when I'm in distress or when I'm hurt or when I need something or when I feel like the world is falling in around me or when I feel like I don't even know if I can make it anymore. Because I can tell you this because when we come through the door at the church here, we say, hey, how are you? So good to meet you. So glad to see you this morning. And you're like, and we say, how are you today? Oh, I'm, I'm blessed and highly favored. It's a good Christian line, right? 
Man, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm 10 feet up in the air. Nothing can stop me. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm, I'm blessed coming in and going out. I, I'm, 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 at, I'm on cloud nine. There's nothing. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. And you are the head and not the tail. You are blessed coming in and going out. You are all of these things. But you're also not all right sometimes. And that's okay. It's not always the best of everything. It's not always so easy to walk in in this, this, this facade, this fake culture that we live in that says nobody wants to hear your problems. Nobody wants to hear the real answer. They want to hear what, 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 what you think that you want them to say. And it's just, oh, I'm good, thanks. It's just a passing gesture. It's not reality. We're supposed to be good all the time. We're supposed to be okay all the time because it's, it's messy to get involved with people who are not just, oh, I'm good, I'm blessed. It's messy, it's, it's hard. It, it, you, like, if someone actually answered you in a real way, you'd be like, oh, that's not exactly what I thought you were going to say. I'm not really sure how to respond to truth and reality of, of the place that we live in, right? And so we're supposed to be in, the, in this community together, and that means with everything, right? Like, I, I, I love church for multiple reasons, and one of those reasons being that we have community. You're my family, I'm your family, I love you, and you love me, and we can do this thing called life together. A Hill Group plug right now, there is one reason and one reason only for Hill Groups, and that is so that you can have community and family so when, it, when you're not doing okay and when it's not all right and when life is treating you with some crazy stuff, you have a community and a family to say, listen, this is where I'm at. I need you. Good. If you're not in a Hill Group, go sign up for one today. We're supposed to be in this community together, and yet we hide from each other every morning that we come in, every Wednesday that we come in. As if we are to keep it in the dark, right? Did you know that darkness changes a lot? I've, I've spoke several times on darkness. Because I think that uh, when we're looking at our life and we're looking at any situation, right? Like my wife bought this. She's into like, she, 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 uh, what do you call it? Antique. Uh, no, uh, vintage. Vintage. That's the word. So like every time I'm like, what, what is She's like, well, it's vintage. What, you get to use the word vintage and make every purchase okay? Like, oh, it's, it's vintage. It's vintage. That's fantastic. It's still creepy and weird and costs a lot of money. So there's this, she bought this old vintage um, uh, like mannequin thing that uh, you can put shirts on or whatever. It's actually really cool, but um, she put it in the corner of our, of our room and like right by the door. And I'm like, it's, it's, I'm talking like it's, it's this tall without a head. It's like a neck without a head. And for a long, long, long time, there was a nine millimeter pulled on a mannequin that I thought was somebody in my room. 
Like some things in the dark, are, they look totally different than what reality says it is, right? They look totally different. And so it, it, darkness makes us see things differently. Our stuff seems different when we face them in the dark. Without community, without facing what you're going through with somebody, without sharing what God is doing in your life, without without the struggles that are going on in your life and sharing it with community you're going through life in the dark darkness has a way of making your problem seem like it is a, a, a mountain out of a, mo, a molehill darkness has this way about it that says I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use your imagination to the worst way possible it's lonely in the dark, it's scary in the dark, and it is expensive in the dark. And I say it's expensive because the woman with the issue of blood has said that she had saw many doctors and had, had not prevailed in any health concern to be better, but spent all of her money. She was not going to the physician she was not and, and I, I, I like the fact that that it, like it alludes to the fact that she she was she was an outcast a because in the in the setting she kind of almost had to be she wasn't allowed around other people because of her issue and if she had even touched somebody she would not only would she be cast out but now the person that she had touched would be cast out to the edge of the town but she, she held it all inside. She saw these doctors. She, she tried to do it all on her own. She was living in the dark. She, didn't, she had just given up. She had stopped sharing. She had stopped caring. She had stopped community. She was living on her own. And darkness has this way of making everything so much more scary and lonely. And Jesus is the light that can change the outlook of where you are currently. He's the only light. You, when I'm talking about community, I'm not talking about go find the people that are dealing with the same thing that you're dealing with and then start a, start a, a Facebook group where you guys get to message and talk about how bad your situations are. Can I tell you that that's increasing the probability of your outcome being bad and not better? You need to be in community with people who's, who will encourage you to, to turn to the light, to turn to Jesus, who you can share your heart with and your thoughts with. And the first thing that they do is we go together to, to God in prayer. Is The first thing that we do is we turn and say, listen, that's not the desired outcome that God has for you. Let's, let's shoot and aim for what God has for you. Amen. The woman kept her problem all to herself so long that people started to identify her by her problem. We put ourselves out in these boxes for so long and then wonder why people look at us and label us with the same thing that we've been complaining about for 10 years. with the same problem that exists a long time ago, we have just decided to live in it and soak it up, and this is who I am, this is my identity, 
And then you're surprised when people start to identify you with that identity that you've placed on yourself. She was not that. She, she, there's this, this discouragement of lack of process, right? Have you ever had a problem or an issue or something going on in your life and you've been dealing with it for so long and the lack of, of forward progress is just starting to weigh on you? And you're like, God, are you even there? Do you even care? Is, it, is, there, is there anything I can do to say to you to make it any better? This lack of progress is killing me. She had, been, she had been to all the doctors. She had tried all kinds of things that didn't work until she made forward motion to go touch Jesus' garment. I think we can get so concerned with, I've got to fix this. I've got to make it better. I've got to go see another doctor. I've got to save the next paycheck. I've got to get out of this town. It's driving me crazy. I've got, to, I've got this, this, this church. I just don't like the people. They don't, they're not nice to me. I need to go somewhere else. The music's too loud. The, the, the party in the parking lot's too crazy. They're, they're, I, I just can't stand this, this job anymore. I don't get paid enough. I, don't, I haven't got my corner office yet. I, I just, there's just so many things, blah, 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 before we know it. We've not made enough progress that we think that we should be making that we're discouraged and disappointed on where our life is. Can I tell you that there's a plan and a time for that plan in your life and 99.99% of the time it's not your planning and your timing. It's God's planning and God's timing. So don't be discouraged at your lack of progress. You're not, uh, you're not as far as you thought you would be, but it, it, maybe it looks different than what you thought it would. There are, there are as many people that, that, just, that just base everything on, on where they are in this world and what they have in this life. And that's not what, what we base our, our, our worth on. Our, our, we base our worth on what does Jesus say? Who does God say that we are? Yes. We're His children. We sang a song this morning where we are called His sons and daughters. He's given us His power to flow through us. He has, he has blessed us with every opportunity we need to change the world. Don't get caught up on your lack of progress. Then we, we see the discouragement of compromise. Of comparison, I mean, of comparison. We see a discouragement of comparison. In verse 39 and 40, when, when we're talking about, we're back on Jairus' daughter now, and, and he, she has, she's died. Uh, the, one, of his, his, uh, one of his house people had come back and, and said, that, why bother him anymore? She's already dead. And 39 says, And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? This child is not dead, but sleeping. Verse 40, And they laughed at him. They said, You're crazy. You're comparing life to death. This, this girl's been dead. God, there's, there, the, uh, you, you can compare this to your dream. And you've been chasing this dream with lack of progress for so long, yet your, your neighbor has the new car and is doing great. And you're like, 
Why isn't my life as good as theirs? Why don't I have the new corner? Why don't I have the new car? Why, don't I, why does my car have so many miles and, and runs half the time? Why hasn't God blessed me? Well, well, I guess it's just because of my issues and my problems and God just doesn't care anymore. God's not, God's not concerned about uh, uh, your comfort level. He's concerned with your character level. Are you comparing yourself to everyone around you? We're too busy comparing ourselves to other people and other problems that we think our problems are too are not so bad. And we don't need to talk about them anymore. Right? Like, I like to think about, um, I didn't get the, like, this is, this is Christian ease right here. This is church talk. This is, this is uh, when you walk through the door or when you're having a, a lunch with someone who's a Christian and you're trying to share your heart and you say, well, I, I didn't get the raise that I've been wanting and working for for two or three years, but, you know, uh, just uh, bless it all. I, I, I'm just lucky I've got a job. I'm, just sure, I'm sure blessed that, that I've still got a job and I make money. Or how about uh, a new car deal fell through, but, but, but you know, I... Ah, I've still got a working one. I, I don't need a new car. I, I still have one that runs, and, and it is what it is, and I thought God was going to do it, but, but it's just not now, and, and it's okay. In God's perfect timing, He'll make it come true. I'm sick. I, I feel terrible. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel right. You know, but, but who am I to complain? There's people that, that have cancer and that are far worse than me and that, that there's people that are sicker than me and that, that I shouldn't be complaining and I should just keep that where it is. So much Christianese talk that allows us to negate the fact that we're hurting and we're not okay. We compare it to everything around us. And we reduce our comfort level and our personal stance on where we are in life. We, we reduce it. We push it down. And we say, yeah, but again, which is all true, God does have perfect timing. There are people that are worse than you. But you know what? It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. Band, you guys can come and help me out. As we look at these, these, the story and the two stories combined and, and the, the little girl ended up uh, coming back to life, living, and once what was dead came back to life and, and started breathing life again, Right? She got into the community of the people that could change the outcome of where she was. Jesus sees you for the greatness that He has called you to be. Jesus sees you for, for the, the place that he is, he's, he's destined you to be. Ephesians 2.10, as, as Pastor Bo commonly refers to, is, man, I, I was created on purpose for a purpose. And that's true. And I believe that God has destined you for something great in your life. But can I encourage you this morning 
don't walk around like everything is rainbows and perfect daisies that are growing in your yard. It's not weeds, it's daisies. Like, no, it's weeds. And it's okay to not be okay. Like the little yellow flowers that people like to call flowers. No, they're stupid and they turn into these fuzzballs that blow all over your place. It's not okay and I'm not okay with them being in my yard. I'm not okay sometimes. I, as a pastor, as, as your campus pastor here, my life is not perfect. I'm not all right sometimes. But I try my best to stand with a community that I can share that with and know that there's a God that's going to place somebody in my path that's going to put community together with me that's going to build me up and not tear me down. There's a community that's going to bring me closer to God instead of pulling me further away. I believe in a church that when we come through these doors, we know that we love each other and that we're not here to compare one another's greatness or, or, or blessings or problems. And we, we come together because we know that we can be stronger and better together. And as we lift each other up through prayer and, and love and patience and kindness, that we grow stronger and the kingdom gets better. It's not about you and it's not about me and it's not about your problem and it's not about my problem. It's about, it's about kingdom work. And if we're so concerned with how great my life is or how bad my life is or how much somebody else is blessed, I am missing the opportunity for God to pour out his grace on me so that I can share who the kingdom is. I'm missing it. Man, there's, she had an issue for 12 years. I've not, I, I've had car trouble for the last year and I'm about to ready to throw up my arms and give up. But that's all right. I can throw a eight year old tantrum fit about not getting something for two or three minutes. And then my wife tells me, listen, it's not that bad. We're gonna make it because God's on our side. I need you to know that you have a community that's gonna hear your cry and they're gonna come and put your arm around you. And they're gonna say, listen, it's, it's all right. We're gonna make it. It may look a little different. It may feel a little different, but we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it through. We're gonna we're gonna see what Jesus has called us to do. We're gonna find the. We're we're not gonna be uh, just discouraged by what other people have. We're not gonna be discouraged by the how fast the pace is or how slow the pace is or which direction God's calling me in when I thought I should be going that way. But we're just gonna step in tune. The the the, the righteous man. His steps are ordered of God. As long as I as long as I put myself in front of a community of believers that are always bringing me back to what God said and not leading me towards what yeah you're right your problem is bad you should you should do this and you should do that no no no, no. I, I need to get those people out of my life and I need to put life I need to do life with people that say what does God's word say how do I get there and then as I walk God is going to take care of the rest this morning if you're here this morning nobody looking around 
and you have been been defining yourself by the trouble that you're in. And you've been declaring that your worth and your value is so much less than what God is calling you for. Maybe you've been in a situation of just discouragement. You feel like God's called you, but that calling was three years ago and you're still Wondering, God, is this real? Lack of progress. Maybe you're discouraged this morning because you've been comparing your calling with what God has called somebody else to do. You need to refocus what He's calling you to do, what He's given you to do. Stop looking at other stuff. Focus on you. If that's you this morning, just any of those areas, just lift your hand this morning. I just want to pray with you. So thank you. Just leave them up as we pray and let's just make a petition to God. God, Lord, I know that you are our guider, our healer, and our provider. God, we, we come back to you. Well, we stand in this community to build each other up. So God, right now, that's what we're doing. We're coming to you as one group to reorganize our thoughts, to get rid of distraction, to get rid of discouragement. God, we believe in your timing. And God, you, you have called us. And you're going to do the work that you've called us to do. And God, that you have created us to do us, not be somebody else. And so God, that, that discouragement of comparison among the people. I help us realize that Facebook posts don't really mean anything. But God, real life means something. So God, help us compare ourselves only to what you've called us to do. Lord, help the people this morning. One last question. If you don't know who Jesus is this morning and you've heard about a healer and a provider and you want to know him as your personal Lord and Savior, maybe for the first time or for the first time in a long time or maybe, maybe you've just been through this stuff and it is causing you just heartache and agony maybe you're watching online and maybe it's today and maybe it's five years from now and God is telling you that you're enough and that he loves you and that you deserve his love if that's you this morning could you just lift your hand right now where you are God, I'm so thankful this morning that you, that you lead us by still waters and quiet waters. But God, even when we get off of the path a little bit, well, I pray that this church, as it always has been, will continue to be an open door for those who aren't okay. God, this isn't a place 
just for the saints to come in and talk about how great they are, but it's for the sinners to come in and hear about how great you are. God, we thank you that today we can boldly proclaim that we are your children, your sons and daughters. And even when we're not okay, we know that we can turn to you and be blessed. Lord, I thank you for that. Jesus in your name. Amen. Amen. God is, God is good. Hey, I would encourage you this morning, if you need, if you need some community, find somebody before you leave. Hug their neck. Tell them what God did. Tell them what God's doing. Tell them how great he is. Whatever it is, share it with somebody. Do community with somebody this morning. Don't click out just yet. We're so excited that you could join us today. Don't forget to like and share this message. And also subscribe to our podcast channel so that the latest message is always waiting on you. If this ministry has had an impact on your life, we would love to connect with you via social media on Instagram and Facebook. We would also love to see you in person at one of our many locations. For service times and locations or to give to this ministry, you can download our app or visit us online at www.thehill.us. We can't wait to hear from you and all that God is doing in your life. Have a blessed week and we'll see you next time right here on The Hill Podcast.